Welcome to another great episode of Murray Musings. My name is Peter. We've got Scott and Claire back on our pod and a special guest, Bastian Fashan. Uh, he's a social media freelancer from uh, doing the Moritagalu Academy. He's done tennis TV, ITF tennis, and Davis Cup. Welcome on, Bastian. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Okay. Really good, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on, Bastian. I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, all your chat, yeah, all your tennis experience. I'm happy to chat to you guys as well. Yeah, we were uh, we were just chatting before uh, before recording uh, to confirm that Bastian is, is indeed a fan of Andy Murray. Like, I feel we we always have to go through this whenever we get a guest <laughs> on the pod. Like, you know that, that 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 we've never really we've never really chatted to like in depth before because like it's like. Like, I'm, I'm not, have we ha- ever had anyone on that isn't been a, hasn't been an Andy Murray fan? I don't think so. We've not had that awkward moment where we're like, oh, you're not, or you actually don't like Andy Murray. Like, I don't <laughs> think so. Not yet. So we're not. Uh, we're, we're we're glad that Bastian is indeed an Andy Murray fan. So uh, yeah. We, we, I, we, as I was saying, I'm more of a Federer fan, though Andy Murray is a close second. I like him a lot from this era of tennis. So yeah, we can talk close about second. It. We'll take. Yeah. 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 Especially especially when it's Federer. I mean. We like yeah. Federer on yeah. on on Murray Musings, don't we? We can accept yeah. Fed. We can accept Fed here. So uh, yeah, we're 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 all good to go. We've got we've got quite a bit to cover, right, Peter? Like, is there a, an itinerary for uh, for 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 the uh, for the topics that we're covering? Yeah, well, just a little bit. Um, first of all, we love to start out all of our conversations with special guests, um, mm-hmm. asking um, what their origin story is, like how you got into tennis, like who was your first love, like what matches did you watch, and stuff like that. So uh, what uh, did you uh, first uh, start out with uh, getting into tennis when uh, you were younger? So my dad was a tennis teacher. Uh, oh, okay. So he kind of shared with me his passion for tennis. Uh, also, I happened to, I was born during a Roland Garros final. Uh, oh, wow. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so it was meant to be, you know, 1994, uh, Sergi Bruguera won. Uh, I think I was born at like 7 p.m. ish. So pretty much when he lifted the trophy. So my nice. dad told me there was a TV in the delivery room. So yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty much meant to be. Uh, and then uh, and then I picked up a racket when I was six or seven, maybe. Uh, I played uh, at an amateur level, like I w- like regional tournaments. I was never close to turning professional, um, but yeah, I was following tennis a lot um, and uh, and figured I still wanted to uh, make tennis my life, even though I would not be a professional tennis player. So I figured I would have to play on my other strengths which were like communications marketing uh, journalism writing stuff like this Um, so I did uh, marketing and communications uh, studies and uh, then I started working in uh, in tennis social media and communications and uh, and here I am nice so you went to the college of uh, Charleston correct yeah yeah so um, uh, I was studying in uh, Strasbourg, uh, a business school in France, and we were uh, required to do uh, one year abroad uh, oh, okay. in, a, in a country of choice. Uh, I wanted to go to an English-speaking country to uh, further improve my English. Uh, it was pretty much down to either US or Australia, but Australia was a bit expensive as a student, so I picked uh, the US. 
And uh, well, I kind of fell in love with Charleston. And also in the back of my mind, I knew that there was a, a, a tournament there. Uh, I think at the time it was the biggest uh, women's only uh, tournament in the world. So I wanted to, to get involved uh, at some point and, uh, and it happened uh, thanks to a teammate on my uh, Charleston uh, club tennis team who introduced me to them. And uh, I got this opportunity to work with them during the, the week of the tournament. I was doing the, I was helping with their social media and uh, everything uh, happened uh, thanks to that first opportunity that uh, opened me other, other doors when I came back to France and, and so on. So I'm, uh, I'm grateful and, and thankful to, to Charleston for that. Nice. So what's it like being a social media uh, manager and whatnot? Uh, well, does it come with highs and lows? I can imagine. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, it can be a lot of pressure sometimes. For example, for uh, tennis TV, it's, uh, it's a lot of uh, in the heat of the moment. Uh, you got to be super reactive. If you got a, a clip uh, highlights or hot shots, uh, you got to come up with a, a smart caption and uh, in, a, in a matter of seconds or minutes. So yeah, it's it's a it's a lot about uh, staying focused and uh, you know uh, trying to find a way to relate to to other uh, Twitter users uh, so that it gets engagement. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, the last two tournaments I was doing were uh, Miami and Monte Carlo, and it helps a lot as well when you have uh, players that create a lot of engagement, uh, such as Carlos Alcaraz. Or uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, you know. Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Moving over him. <laughs> she a bit more controversial. I think, I think yeah. Kyrgios creates engagement for the wrong reasons, to yeah, be honest. So, uh, <laughs> uh, um, but no, I can imagine, yeah, I can imagine the stresses of that, like having to watch a match, like, that intensely and like uh you know knowing when to post something and knowing i guess also like when to not post something right if something like controversial happens you're like do you post that for the engagement or do you not like how do you come up with that kind of like what's the kind of mindset when watching a match like try, trying to can you like enjoy it or is it is it just a very kind of stressful kind of uh, experience i try to enjoy it as well uh, but yeah sometimes uh you know uh for example last uh, thursday uh I think yeah, quarterfinals day in Monte Carlo. All the matches went down to the to the wire to the third set tiebreak. Uh, so I ended up. Uh, I started at eleven uh, in the morning and I ended up at one in the morning. So oh, wow, get it gets pretty uh, tiresome, and uh, you know it's all matches to be followed by. So I didn't have really a break during the day. So yeah can be uh can be tiring and even uh as the biggest tennis fan as i can be uh sometimes yeah sometimes it's just uh getting past matches and uh and you know staying in the moment and uh and yeah Never. are you on site when you're doing this or are you doing this all remotely no i do that uh, remotely from uh, from paris where i'm based uh, I do mostly uh, Twitter coverage during the day and uh, the other members of uh, the tennis TV team uh, who are full time uh, are doing uh, Instagram uh, and Instagram stories from uh, from the Monte Carlo sites. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm mostly doing Twitter. See, I imagine that would make it even 
even tougher for a day like that when you're starting at 11 in the morning and you're working right through until one in the morning knowing that you're at home and your bed's just like right there you're thinking yeah, I, could, yeah. I could just crawl under my blanket right now yeah. I kind of miss the the Monte Carlo backdrop you know at home I wish I would have it you know it would make the day easier maybe. yeah <laughs> that would make my day easier to be honest if I had the Monte Carlo backdrop without yeah. a doubt yeah um were we uh, were we gonna dive right in with 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 Andy questions next or Andy 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 chat next Peter was that the idea sure so, let's go ahead and do sure. that so shall we do that right um we, we, we always like to kind of ask our yeah ask our ask our guests like uh what's your uh what's your story with Andy Murray what's your best memories Andy Murray what's your kind of uh what, what's your uh what's your highlights of Andy like what's your story with Andy um I think my Big first question. I think my first highlight was uh, Wimbledon 2008 when he beat uh, a man from France, Gasquet, in the uh-huh. round of 16. Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the Andy uh, match that really uh, got me uh, falling in love with him. Even though he beat uh, Gasquet, you know uh, that resilience, uh, that iconic um, celebration uh, when he won the third set tiebreak, not giving up, uh, getting the crowd going. Uh, yeah, everything that Andy Murray is about, you can see it in that match, even though he was 20, 21, 22 at the, t- at the time of this match. Uh, but yeah, amazing fight back. And uh, yeah, that was... Uh, trademark Andy Murray yeah that was like uh that, that was early Andy wasn't it that was that's early Andy but it's also like still like probably one of the most like gifable kind of postable kind of uh moments when he when he did the bicep yeah right? <laughs> I think I'd say it's one of his probably one of his most iconic moments yeah. and anyone who's been I mean I think I think anyone who is a fan of Andy Murray in general even mm. if they didn't start following him until later on in his career they've all seen that match. They all know that moment when he almost ends up in the crowd after he hits that winning shot. They've all seen him, mm-hmm. you know, showing off his biceps, show off how his strength. Yeah. And then you've got the, you know, like oldies like me and Peter who watched that match live. We can still remember it like it was yesterday. Um, yeah, that's it's such an iconic Andy Murray moment. That's a, that's a really good one to have. It's like you're, you're sort of Andy Murray starter, I think. Yeah, for mm. sure, for sure. Um, so from there, did you just like uh, did did you follow him? I imagine, I imagine. I'm, I'm going to clarify this, obviously, like because uh, you know Andy's uh, Andy's first Wimbledon final was against uh, Roger Federer. Like mm. now, like were you were, were you fully behind behind Roger in that match? Was there a party that would have liked to see Andy win it, or were you fully on the Roger bandwagon? It's okay to break our hearts. I was I was fully behind Roger still because you right. know there was a lot of. Uh, history at stake uh but you know i would have i wouldn't have mind uh, if uh andy had won and uh and i knew one day eventually he would won wimbledon i mean he was too good not never to win it uh and it was only a matter of time and just one month uh, later he won the olympics against roger uh so you know he got this for him and he won the u.s open the month after as well yeah so um, so yeah yeah, he's, uh, he won uh, a few things as well this year. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he did. He did. His, he, did he, he got his revenge a couple of weeks later. We'll hold on to that. We'll hold on to that. Um, so uh, 
how do you feel about Andy Murray in the in 2022 passing like this is this is always a big kind of uh, the big question isn't it like yeah. it, it's a it's a tough one um it's a tough task, yeah. at, at times um if 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 you if you if you don't if you don't think he's got anything left if you don't think he's in a good state it's okay we'll cry about this and we'll never invite you back uh, but <laughs> we'll we'll accept it we'll accept it um but yeah what's your uh, what's your thoughts on Andy Murray at the moment like do you think he should call it a day do you think you got to keep going? What's uh, what's your what's your vibes? What's your vibes? No, I think I think he does. I think he still has something in him. Uh, I mean, he he he's got he got a couple top ten wins this year already. I don't yeah. I don't remember, but yeah, he he's got a couple of pretty good wins, yeah. and uh, and he was close to to other top ten players when he faced them. Um, so yeah, I I think he should keep going. Um, Obviously, he's gotten a lot of uh, wild cards, so mm. kind of taking the place of other players in some way. But you know, it's he's a legend, so he deserves uh, those wild cards. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what age he is—34, 35. Um, we should know that. We, he's 34 <laughs> he's going to be 35 in may like look at us all being silent as if we're like oh yeah we don't actually know we totally know <laughs> and, uh, he's young at heart still yeah. my main my main concern is uh what he can do with his hip you know uh how can the fitness uh improve and uh if it can improve then you know there's no reason uh he should retire if he still enjoys being on the court enjoys uh playing you know uh he deserves uh these opportunities to keep playing and and keep trying and uh, i know he's not gonna give up so he's still an example and uh yeah i still enjoy uh watching him even though he's not prime and Murray anymore and that's okay but uh, it's another facet of uh of murray you know the i still i still see the fight back i still enjoy the the resilience uh i know he's not gonna beat uh the the likes of uh djokovic or i don't know the the very top players in the grand slams at least maybe best of three but yeah he should keep trying and uh i don't know he can still maybe uh snatch a, a master's 1000 at some point i don't know, I don't you know think so? we'll hold on to that we'll take that we'll take yeah, that. i don't know definitely, definitely i don't know what's the ceiling 1, i don't know what's the ceiling for his comeback but uh, yeah we'll, i still uh, enjoy watching him we'll i mean play. i think personally i think andy's ceiling is wimbledon uh, like, i think andy's just like you know what like let's just go for broke you guys <laughs> do you think he can win another wimbledon yeah, I think if he's, I think if he's going to win, if he, if Andy Murray is <laughs> going to win another like, Grand Slam, yeah. it'll be Wimbledon. It yeah. has got to be grass. If if Andy's going to do it, and I think if he's going to do it, it has to be this year because <laughs> he's getting old. So. I, uh, I, I, I don't know though. Like my, my, my whole, my whole thing with it, like at the moment, I, I, I just remember that like. Uh, your man basket like your man basket but Federer last year was um you know he pulled out the French Open with uh very much a kind of like mindset to, like you know he's going to focus on Wimbledon he's going to focus on Wimbledon he's going to focus on Wimbledon um, and I was just thinking about this the other day it's like well now that Andy's kind of like skipping the clay like there is going to be like a lot of like right like this is it right like this is it like th this grass season coming up 
like this has got to be something like as you say Claire, right it's got to you know we've really got to see it happen something here right um so i just hope that there's not that kind of like the pressure doesn't get him um in in that regard and i'm not saying that it will because obviously it's andy but um can it yeah i think i think if he's gonna do it if he's gonna pull like something out of the hat it has to be at wimbledon this year right like i i, I feel like he's gonna i've got i've got a good feeling about Queens. I think he's going to come in and he's going to do well at Queens. And that's going to be his like sort of big warm-up turn. I know he's going to play Stuttgart as well. Yes. Um, but I think he'll come in. I I just I have this, I have this feeling if he wins Queens, then Wimbledon is it, it could well, happen. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah, my concern is, uh, you know, the, the obviously the grass season is pretty short and uh, he's going to play only a couple uh, warm-up events. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he loses in the first or second round of those two events, he's going to come into Wimbledon with no uh, with no match play under his belt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on grass, uh, even though he has all the, the grass court savviness in the world, you know, nothing can replace match play. And, uh, yeah. I hope that Fair he enough. gets a few good wins in in Queens and and in Stuttgart or whatever, and uh, and arrives at Wimbledon fully ready to to do some damage. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I'm uh, yeah, like on 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 your note there, Claire, but like you know, you'd like to see him like win Queens and then win Wimbledon. Like, I think my only kind of like concern then would be like. Is he like kind of like tired by that point? Like that's a lot of tennis in a very quick, quick span. Because am I right in thinking it's, it's Queens and then is there is there a week off between Queens? There's, and I think there's the, there is now a week there, off, but there, there, there it didn't used to be. I think up until like 2014 right. or something, right. it was basically Queens finished on Sunday, Wimbledon started on the Monday. But there is a week break now, so like right. you just have a week of like sitting on his ice bath, he'll be fine. <laughs> no no practice in that week he'll be Avengers <laughs> and just rock up to Wimbledon and win it uh, like he'll just be having rallies with Ivan from the ice bath you know right. <laughs> Let's, yeah uh, it's great that it's great that Ivan is back on the team uh I think he won his uh three grand slams with Ivan by his mm-hmm. side so you know hopefully he can bring back a few good memories yeah, I think like the, like on the Ivan note, right? Like he uh, he said in an interview, uh, he he got asked about it quite recently, right? Uh, and uh, was like, you know, what was your process in rehiring uh, Ivan Lendl? And I think like he said, pretty much exactly what we kind of all thought what was the case, right? Because we all kind of think, oh, this is like his last kind of chance, right? This is his last kind of like big kind of career move, like is hiring Ivan Lendl back because it's like if this doesn't work, then like mm-hmm. nothing else. <laughs> work for him uh, mm-hmm. and then he, Andy got asked this and he was like yes I pretty much hired him back because like if this doesn't work then nothing else will <laughs> and you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. right like this is kind of his last it's like, like one last roll of the dice well yeah because I mean if if like nobody else can really help him right like if uh, like if, if this doesn't work like let's not be let's not be down on it but like that is that yeah. is kind of the situation that we're at now right like mm-hmm. if uh, it's like you've said it before as well Scott that Ivan Lendl has come into Andy's team while he's been at very different stages of his career each time so like the first time was him trying to get over that hurdle of actually winning his first Grand Slam the second time was establishing himself as like the top guy although I think a lot of praise has to go to Amelie Moresmo for that as well because she worked with him like 
throughout 2016 before Lingle came back on board. Yeah. And now it's like he's in the twilight of his career. So um, it's like Ivan's coming back in to try and help him get that like one last hurrah. Yeah. So yeah, with, with each chapter of his career, Ivan is coming in to do something. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they both adapt to it this time because obviously they can't do the same sort of training that they did previously because that's basically what killed Andy's hip in the first place. So Ivan will have to adapt his methods and he'll need to adapt his methods yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm ex- I've said this before, I'm really excited. Yeah. I think, I, I, I see great things in this partnership. Um, Bastian, we've got to ask you this, right? We've got to ask you this. Like, there is, um, so so we're obviously part of a few kind of Andy Murray kind of um, group chats on the Twitter. Um, and we, we obviously chat about everything Andy related in there. Uh, and of late, there has been, <laughs> you're going to shoot this down in flames, Bastian. You're going to be like, there's no chance. Like, there's been pictures of Andy trading on clay courts, right? Um, like quite recently. Uh, he's been training on the clay uh, with a number of different young players very, very recently, literally in the last week. What, like, <laughs> do you think there's any chance of Andy coming to play Roland Garros, uh, coming to play the French Open this year out of nowhere with no preparation, with no other tournaments under his belt? Like, it, it, what do you reckon? Like, do you think? I don't know. Maybe, but in, in the same... In the same type of way that Federer did uh, the last few years, you know, just because he loves the uh, he loves the place, he loves the tournaments, he wants to get uh, a few a few additional uh, appearances in in front of the French fans in Roland Garros. But obviously, that's not to win it, mm-hmm. as uh, was the case uh, in his prime. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, he could still do a, a kind of move. Uh, like Federer did last year, you know, uh, get to the round of 16. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Murray can get to the round of 16 on clay. And yeah, it's a brutal one. It's a brutal one. <laughs> it's a I'm tough ass. Dubious. I'm dubious, but yeah, he can, still, he can still pull up if he if he feels that playing too much on the clay would uh, hurt his chances to go deep uh, at Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I don't know. That was just that that was just something that popped into my I head. I think there. I think it's it's because there's been it's well certainly in in our Andy Murray chats that yes. everything gets analysed in yes. great detail. Yeah, over and over and over again. <laughs> can imagine. And so there's been because the entry lists have come out from Garros and Andy has direct entry. The same question keeps coming up over and over again. Why hasn't he withdrawn yet? Why yeah. hasn't he withdrawn? So, so there's, there's, there are some people in the chat who are convinced that he's going to just rock up in round one and be like, "I'm back," because <laughs> he's been practicing, allegedly been practicing on clay, mm. and he's still on the entry list and hasn't, uh, hasn't taken his name out of the the running yet. Yeah, it's still, I, it's still five or six weeks from now, so you know, uh-huh. maybe he just hasn't thought of it. I, like, I, I personally think he's just waiting until the draw gets made and he, you know, draws Djokovic <laughs> round one and then he's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rematch yeah. of the 2016 final. In the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be brutal. Um, it, there's always a chance, though, that he, you know, that he, he could enter, like, there's a few, like, smaller, like, really small clay court events, right? Like, around yeah. the corner. 
like yeah yeah like even challenger events right there must be there must be right mm-hmm. there's like, quite a lot of challengers yeah, yeah so yeah. there's always there's always a chance that he might just you know take a punt in the dark with a challenger event see if he's playing well and then just be like well if he is like go and enter the french open right <laughs> like why not like if he's got direct entry uh, then he could um but yeah i mean realistically that's what it would be all about right like you'd have to think that if you did randomly enter the french open at this point like would it be for a goodbye like there like potentially like would he ever play the french open again like it's he'll he'll play at roland garros again would he make yeah. the french open he'll play there um 2024 olympics for the olympics yes. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah 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 wow. that would be uh to make, to make it three uh olympic goals <laughs> yeah to try to right to try on, to. Three, on three different surfa- surfaces that would that, be that would be amazing yeah i mean he's already the the only one to have two uh olympic singles gold right yeah male player male player yeah, well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see, right? Andy's always somebody who just likes to surprise us with like kind of announcements very much kind of like last minute and stuff like that. So I guess I guess we'll kind of see, right? <laughs> I guess we'll hopefully wait and there's hopefully going to be an announcement or it'll just pitch up, right? Or we'll, there'll just randomly be kind of coverage of them just trading at Golden Garros. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Bastian, I, this isn't really sticking to like our, our itinerary of questions that, that, that Peter came up with, so I do apologize, Peter. Um, I thought that we would just like kind of ask, obviously about Feder, right? Like obviously about Roger, obviously about your kind of thoughts on Roger currently. I, I don't know if that's a tough topic, obviously with Roger having not been playing, um, and the rumors kind of around him. Where do you uh, where do you see Roger like uh, going in the future? Like what uh, what kind of you know, there's a lot of questions as to whether or not, you know, is this, you know, Roger's last season on the tour? Is Roger going to pitch up? Nobody really knows where he's going to turn up. What are your thoughts? Like, where where do you stand on that currently? Honestly, I don't know. I get hyped up every time I see a video of him training on his, on his Instagram. But, uh, yeah, honestly, I have no idea where his uh, fitness really is uh, behind those videos. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to try again, uh, maybe not this year, but maybe next year at Wimbledon one last time. Um, I think that's the only tournament, only Grand Slam tournament he can still uh, win. I mean, mm-hmm. it takes too much to, to win a Grand Slam on hard courts uh, at, his, at his age and, and with, the level, with the level of fitness that he has after all those uh, surgeries and rehabs um but yeah uh i would like him to do a kind of uh, farewell uh, tour when he decides to leave uh play the the four slams and a few select uh masters 1000 maybe by ba- maybe basil uh one last time uh i don't know i just want him to retire on his terms mm-hmm. yeah. not because he cannot return to to playing again um yeah, uh, I don't want to get my hopes uh, too high on him uh, being in contention uh, for winning a Grand Slam again. I honestly don't think he has this in him. Uh, I think when uh, Nadal uh, surpassed him at the Australian Open, that was the last time that Federer was tied for a, a leader on the Grand Slam race. And uh, and that's okay. I've come to terms with it, you know, uh, when I was uh, a teenager, I was 
I was super involved with this. Like I wanted uh, Federer to be above Nadal and, and Djokovic all the time. Uh, I would get super angry, super frustrated. Now I've come to appreciate Rafa and Novak uh, as well. And honestly, I'm happy every time they achieve something on their own. So, you know, I'm fine with uh, Federer being surpassed. I just want him to be happy. If he wants to play tennis again, then he should try again. And, uh, well, we'll see what happens. It's still, it's a little bit the same thing as uh, you guys with Murray. You don't know exactly what to expect. You just want the guy to be happy playing tennis and uh, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I also feel, I feel with Federer, you just, you can't write Federer off for anything because I know like, I don't, I don't want to get into the GOAT debate because it's, for me, it's not just about like statistics and the number of slams you have, but like, I genuinely think that Federer is the greatest tennis player of all time. Like the the way he plays tennis Mm -hmm. to me is just incredible and you can't write him off because of his skill and his technique and he's just I feel so I want to see him back on a tennis court because he's a marvel to watch um you know not playing Andy obviously Mm. Uh, (laughs) I don't don't want to go through that heartbreak again Um, but yeah I feel like with Federer you just can't write him off I mean think back to 2017 Australian Open like no one expected him to win the Australian Open in 2017 and then he just came and he absolutely killed it and then he went on and won Wimbledon that year as well so yeah I, um, I, yeah I think you're right I, I think I think Andy should win Wimbledon this year and then Federer <laughs> can win next year but it would just be like you know the, it would that. be like the golden goat era wouldn't it <laughs> I'd be happy to have that happen and uh, also another reason uh, for which I want uh, Andy to win another slam is to break free from that uh, Andy and Stan comparison. Yes. It doesn't, yes. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it should happen. Obviously, they have three slams each, but Andy has 14 Masters 1000 to Stan's uh, one in Monte Carlo. And uh, he has uh, weeks at number one. Uh, he's been, he has like 10 plus wins against each of the big three. Uh, people tend to forget how good he was from 2007 to 2016, 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was. It's not because the big three exists that there shouldn't be a, a big four as well. And definitely uh, there's no big five or, any, or anything like this. Like it's uh, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, then Andy Murray, and then everyone else mm-hmm. really yeah I think one of the things that people when you talk about the big four and people get really wound up and they're like no you can't they have to put Stan Wawrinka in that it's that the big four talk isn't about the the people who've got the most grand slams because of course we all know that Andy's not included in that it is the big three but the big four is about the kind of for the majority of the tennis season they were the four players who dominated yes the the last week of a tennis tournament you know they were the ones who would be in at least all four of them would be in the quarterfinals mm-hmm. and and nine times out of ten all four of them would be in the semifinals you know and mm-hmm. it's that kind of it's it's for me anyway when you talk about the big four that's what it is it was the total domination of the four of them across the board yes we know Andy wasn't the one taking home the trophies all the time and yes that's very sad but yeah you can't 
And I love standing there. He was Green a lot standing on the second place podium a lot. <laughs> a lot. He was there. And he was in the final a lot. <laughs> All the time. Um, I, I, I love the Vinca, but he, yeah, he can't be included. That actually makes me think back to, I had retweeted uh, a picture from the World Tour Finals in 2009. And it was like... Um, I think they, they they chopped it down so that it was it was Nadal, Federer, Murray, Djokovic, and Del Potro. And I think I captioned it saying, "Oh, the Fab Five, you won't see players yeah. of this again." And oh my god, some of the responses I got, people were like, "You're off your head. Yeah. You've forgotten about Vavrinka. I can't believe you wouldn't include Stan. Stan's better than Murray. Stan's better than Del Porto. And I was like, whoa, yeah. I only retweeted a picture. Yeah. But then someone else had tweeted the same picture, but it also had Robert, uh, Robin Soderling, yeah, Davidenko, and who was on Verdasco? That was the he was the eighth player, and so mm-hmm. someone else had tweeted this, and I, it was quite recently. And I saw people responding to it again, going mental. Can't believe Vavrinka isn't in this picture. And I'm like, guys, he's not in that picture because he didn't make the top eight that year. Yeah. <laughs> he it's wasn't purposely moment. excluded. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he wasn't there that year. Yeah, Stan is a late bloomer. Like he only uh, came to the top like when he was 27, 28. Mm-hmm. was consistently good uh, from age 19 or 20 it's not, they're not the same even though i love stan I, I love the player i love the guy but yeah they're not the same mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. i uh, i think that that's uh you know uh like the, the, I, I do feel like Federer fans and murray fans like we're having our kind of like collective like you know like therapy sessions like every every week about whether or not I'm like the, the Nadal and Djokovic fans are like you know discussing who is the greatest of all time and like discussing just let them scrap it out amongst themselves yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. we'll just have a we'll just have a wee cry over here in the corner about whether or not our players are even going to play again um and I think you know I think that's all that we all that we can do right like it's all that we can really give um make her make her way on to um well, but, you uh, scott you upset some federer fans recently did, did, did I, oh my what oh my god with that, your uh, tweet about his new shoes so fast right, yeah. and i don't know if you saw this but scott tweeted that um he really liked federer's new shoes and they would look really good on him in the one match that he plays again <laughs> I would have fucked Scott after that. Anyone, anyone, anyone who knows Scott knows that he Scott tweets things to get attention, right? Yeah, so he's the curious of of tennis Twitter. You take him him a pinch, like the tiniest little pinch of salt. Um, but unfortunately for Scott, it did catch the attention of quite a lot of Federer fans and got yeah. him into quite a lot of trouble. Yeah, that, uh, the, the backlash in there was uh, was intense. But you know what? Like, I, I know what I sign up for when I tweet stuff like, like that, right? <laughs> uh, you know, you know when, you, when, you, when, you, when you send a tweet and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> you're like, I know... I know I might get something from that, but you know I'll uh, I'll I'll just drop it. And the shoes are nice, right? Like the shoes are nice. Yeah, they are nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah but every big three uh, fandom and every fan base in general is pretty sensitive. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it can be so uh, sensitive. Yeah, it can be it can be an experience sometimes, Twitter for sure. Yeah. Um, Although that's that's the first time in a long time really that I've seen Federer fans kick off. I tend to find Federer fans are quite chill. 
Yes. You know, quite, you know, I can relate yeah, to yeah, them more yeah. than like, I mean, Jokovic, the, the hardcore Jokovic fans are <laughs> absolutely, they, they love the guy. They've got a lot of love no, for the guy. No, com <laughs> no comment from, from me on this. Yeah. <laughs> As you so, see in your mentions. So, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have any comments on the Jokovic fans, Bashi? No. I, you know, well, I've been, yeah. <laughs> Bassi doesn't want to open himself up to that level. Yeah, I don't want to lose my clients, you know. <laughs> That's fair. good thing. That, that seems very reasonable. That seems very reasonable. Um, what's uh, what's next on our on our list to cover, Peter? What? Uh, so what... I have two uh, good questions. Um, mm -hmm. We could probably end it um, after here, um, sure. but I love uh hearing um people's uh answers for this question because i love the intermix of music and tennis so what would your walk-on song be um if you were to have something to pump you up for your five minute you know warm-up and whatnot um good question so uh, two years ago, I watched The Last Dance, and I'm and a lot, and I'm very much involved into uh, NBA and, and basketball. So, uh -huh. so um, I love that song that they were playing uh, when uh, the Bulls uh, walked onto the courts. Uh, I think the name the name of the song was uh, uh, "Serious" from Alan Parsons' project, something like this. Okay. Uh, yeah, gets me going a little bit. Uh, nice beat. Uh, it's only two minutes long, but uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty good one. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, uh, please do. And uh, yeah, otherwise maybe uh, maybe some Kanye uh, from uh, from uh, ten or fifteen years ago. Not uh, yeah, not I yes. have to that old school Kanye. Yeah. Uh, old school yeah, is good. A, a good Kanye uh, hits the spot. Uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe something like this. Yeah, interesting. Nice. Like it. Good choices. Yeah, I feel like you can always tell, right? You can always you 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 can always tell a, a fair bit about you know who somebody would pick uh, for their kind of their kind of walk on tune. If you were to pick a song, there you go. That that's that's what I was like to um. And I was going to tweet out this question the other day actually. Um, if you were like what what piece like do you ever like when you when you're listening to music do you ever like relate music to tennis? Uh, and if so, like what what song would you most relate to Roger Federer? What song reminds you the most of Federer himself? Like, uh, like with uh, Andy, it's always uh, like I mean, there's an easy one of like you know like Braveheart, right? Or Scotland Brave, right? Like that's that's always quite obvious for Andy, but because uh, <laughs> it's always something Scottish related, right? Like, but I don't know, like I don't know, like maybe like classical piano for Federer is that? Yeah, Federer? No, no, not a, not a song in in particular, but uh, yeah, a genre of music, uh, mm -hmm. yeah classical music uh, some uh, mozart symphony beethoven yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah no. yeah you could you could have that yeah definitely I, I can just i can picture it now i can hear it and i can mm -hmm. see him leaping around the tennis court yeah doing that beautiful one-handed backhand yeah. he put wow. some slow-mo of his backhand over some uh, mozart hits the spot yeah. as well yeah, yeah. If somebody, if anybody's listening to us who, who makes those fan cams, there's an idea for you right there. <laughs> like the, the player fan cams on Twitter, there's an idea for you. Get it sorted. Get it sorted. And uh, was there one? Was there one more question that we had for Bastian? Peter? Yeah. So uh, we had this fun thing that uh, appeared to us on Twitter. Um, there's the tennis tweet bot. Um, it's an account that just tweets 
like yeah, yeah, yeah. random stuff. Yeah, it's um, run by uh, it's it's run by Henry Breadstick. Breadstick, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it. it was funny how um they uh, mentioned us, and their prompt was Murray Musings presents the ten fanciest pre-serve routines you've ever seen. Osaka is there, but who else? So of course <laughs> we had to take it upon ourselves to be like, okay, let's tackle this. Um, so Thanks, yes, yes. Uh, well, obviously Rafa. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when iconic, fancy as it gets. Um, I don't I'm know. curious: is, is Osaka's really that in like fancy? Or I know it's ten, I know it's a tweet ball, but like, is it would Osaka's be? I, I, she doesn't necessarily stand out to me, right? Like, yeah, I can, I can even think what her serve was like when I saw that. Yeah, hers is fairly fairly standard i think what we're saying is the tennis twitter ball got that wrong yeah yeah <laughs> i'm a big fan of the um sophia kinen uh serve motion where she uh um throws the ball and uh, looks the other way you know there's okay. some pictures yeah. that, uh, yeah. that i've seen from that uh uh i don't know uh not sure who else I'd put up there actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Rafa, Ra- Rafa's the obvious one, right? Like, like regimented exactly the same every single time. Like, I don't think anyone is quite as robotic as he is when he uh, when he's getting ready for it. But it yeah. actually astounds me watching Rafa how he remembers to do everything. It's it's yeah. it's like muscle memory. It's just mechanic. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same sides, tucks the hair behind his ears, just shorts. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's deeply rooted in him, and it can mm-hmm. seem trivial, but it's like the bottles. It's like, I think he has, yeah, a lot of rituals like this that uh, uh, give him tunnel focus and allow him to give his best on every point because his, his mind is fully there all the time. And yeah, thanks to those rituals. Yeah, clearly so, yeah. I don't know, like, like, is like Djokovic's isn't really like that kind of. I mean, Federer just looks like he's like having having a stroll to the baseline every single time. <laughs> like he's just so relaxed, so every, cool. Every yeah. single moment, he's just having a like having a chill walk to, walk through the park uh, on Wimbledon Central Court. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else I would put out there. Uh, Peter, I like any- Andy's and uh, Maria Sharapova's. I love just seeing how uh, Maria just strings her racket pretty much and just grapples onto it with her fingers. Um, mm-hmm. But with Andy, just the twirl of the racket right before he does his uh, service motion is always yeah. good to me. Mm-hmm. Just What's rhythmic. It? Yeah. Well, Sharon Pover, not the one who uh, like when she when she does does she not like stand at the back of the court and like almost like pump herself up before everything? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah. Uh, and do you know, do you know who kind else? of like Kim Clijsters as well? Yeah. And, and do you know who else does that now that I know and I know it's done a lot during the US Open is Leila Fernandez mm-hmm. does that. Yeah. Reminded me a lot of Sharapova the way she would go and stand at the back and she'll jump up and down and she holds the ball she almost holds the ball like she's holding an apple. Okay, and she kind of, she's uh-huh. she's she's kind of got her, her, her arm like as if she's she's like constantly pumping her fist, holds mm. the ball as if she's having an apple, jumps up to down, comes around, constantly bounces it, bounces it with the racket, and then so yeah, that's my serving motion, by the way. Just yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you you could spend hours just going through uh like compilation compiling like lists of uh, certain service motions, um. 
So well, that's what we'll go do in our free time later on tonight. After, <laughs> and that's what we'll go do at Murray Musings HQ. Um, Basim, one final thing I wanted to wanted to jump in and ask, and it's uh, like you can probably tell that, like you know, we're uh, when, when we go to prepare podcast episodes, we do it in the most random order, like of all time. Like it's literally like all over the place. So, and um, there's no discernible kind of like order for these questions. Um, it it is quite a big question for you. Um, and it's about the clay season, and it's about the French Open. Who it's going to win the French Open on the men's side and the women's side. Ooh. Um, if, you, if you had, if you, if somebody, if somebody was coming, like breaking in your window, like coming at you with a knife, like, yeah. and needed you to tell them two names that were going to win the men's and women's draw. Um, I'm going to go with Rafa. I think. Oh, wow. He, he, okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you saw the Batman movie. I think Rafa is vengeance this year. And uh, wow. okay. yeah. I think he's yeah. coming for number uh, 14. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think. And, and I'm not quite sure of uh, Djokovic's form coming into Roland Garros. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to get enough uh, match play on clay. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'm not writing him off. But yeah, I would still favor Rafa. Um, I think uh, Carlos Alcaraz is a bit tender uh, yet. I'm, I'm not quite sure he can uh stay strong and healthy uh you know best of five uh, during two weeks i'm not quite sure yet uh obviously tt pass i think he's the second or third favorite mm-hmm. uh, he's playing so well on the clay as we saw in monte carlo mm-hmm. uh we'd love him to win to win as well uh, it will depend on on the draw uh depend on where tt pass lands uh well I would still favor Rafa, and uh, and in the women's uh, it's got draw, to be eager, doesn't it? It's got to be eager. Do you not think? It's got, it's got to be eager. Yeah, it's got yeah. to be eager. Who who did she lose? Who did she lose to uh, last year? She she lost to uh, Maria, right? Was it in the semifinals? I don't remember. It might be. Uh, or in the it? quarters? Who was, was that? that? Yeah, I think she lost pretty badly, like one one in love or something like this. Which very yeah, oh wow, was it that bad? Which will surely not happen now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean she's by far the best player. Now that uh, Ash uh, Barty has retired, uh, yeah. and Clay is her best surface. So yeah. yeah, I'm not too doubtful that she's gonna win. Uh, even though best of three, you never quite know. You know, you have one bad day, you have one bad day, and and it can it can be over in an hour. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if she plays her best uh, during the seven matches, then you know, really does no match for Iga. Yeah, yeah. That's she lost to Sakari six four six four in the oh, quarters. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, I mean, straight sets, that's still surprising for you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or it would be, would be for now. Um, any final questions that we have for Bastion while we have them here? Like, do we have any any final, any final, any final ones? Claire, Peter? I'll probably think of something later, Bastion, so I'll DM you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll DM you, we'll get, we'll... we'll I feel we'll... <laughs> like I have juicy ones, but, I mean, no, 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 again, on, you want to keep shoot, your shoot. clients. I'm so. here for it. Oh, oh, go for it. Any go questions you have, shoot. Do you do you feel like you have any juicy tidbits that you would be okay sharing about um, how it is on tour? Um, <laughs> you'll have to be more specific on this. Like, uh-huh. what what do you want to know exactly? 
Uh, just anything, anything you want to offer us. Who's who's the just worst to... player you've ever interviewed? <laughs> no, I, I don't want to go too negative. <laughs> I don't want to go too negative. Have you met? Okay, any? okay. Who's who's the best player you've ever interviewed? That's a better one. Um, that's a cure one. Purina <laughs> or Azarenka? Uh, okay. I interviewed both of them uh, when I was working full time at the academy, and uh, they are both super nice and uh, and uh, and friendly and insightful and. You know, yeah, I would say I would say those two, and obviously they were the the top two players, um, you know, during my teenage years. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was kind of a dream come true, uh, mm-hmm. being able to talk to them and ask them the questions I've always wanted to ask. That's fair. That's fair. That's pretty cool. Okay, so you, you can DM me about the worst players, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll DM you after. <laughs> I, I share it. I can DM you. Yeah. <laughs> Send us message. Send us message. <laughs> Have you met Andy Murray? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I was not not our first question. <laughs> Why did we not ask that? <laughs> I haven't. I not really properly talked to him, but um, yeah, at the academy, he was. Uh, he came in 2019, I think. Okay. Uh, for a I didn't know that two week, two week three week uh, block practice block. And uh, Patrick wanted to um, honor him by um, by uh, inaugurating a court uh, name after him. Oh, so, wow. you know, we had all the student athletes there uh, forming a reception for Andy. And mm-hmm. he spent half an hour playing with them. Uh, that was super nice from him. Nice. Uh, um, so, yeah, I was, uh, you know, helping with the recording and Insta stories or whatever. Uh, from this, cool. uh, mini uh, events uh, so I was close to him didn't really talk <laughs> to him didn't really have the chance to talk to him but uh, yeah I could see that uh, he was really enjoying playing with those kids and yeah classic Andy you know yes. well, um, so you were pretty close to him so what did he smell like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, <laughs> well, after half an hour of playing tennis sweat I guess <laughs> Uh, yeah this is one of our favorite discussions we try to work out like what sort of aftershave andy wears <laughs> what does he smell like honestly i have no idea uh, but i think i mean i think if i had to pick his uh flagrance i would say something uh uh sauvage a little bit uh like sauvage, sauvage. sauvage from dior maybe yeah uh-huh. something raw really yeah i like that i just uh, bought another bottle of sauvage Yes. So there you go. You basically bought a bottle of Andy Money. Yes. <laughs> this is this this right here, listeners. What you're listening to is this is peak tennis journalism right here. <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions that we need to be asking more. Bastian, uh, this is why you're the professional. Yeah. <laughs> We've been the amateurs. This is why we're just on our 55th episode of Murray Musings. <laughs> this is yeah, I, have, I have one question for you guys. What's your favorite uh, Andy Murray memory? Oh. I think me? it's got to be Rio and Delpo. Yeah, minus yeah. minus Rio hug. against Delpo. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I want to be different now. Like, give me a minute. Uh, like, I mean that that that's a, that's a fantastic one. That's like such such a good one. And there's just so you know you could go through lists of like, you know, uh, like the Wimbledon wins, Grand Slam wins, obviously the Olympic gold things like it's that. It's got to be his gold medal matches. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. They were so so good, so so good. Like you know, you know, bizarrely, what sticks out for me was um the random title that he won in 2019. Yeah, <laughs> like mm-hmm. what a random. Oh uh, yeah, in uh, in Antwerp against Vavrinka. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, against Dan. Yeah, against Dan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. bizarre title. That like you know you know which obviously it's not gonna happen. Andy's obviously gonna win another title, like obviously. But you know if he doesn't, you know Andy never wins another title anywhere in his career. And you look at the list of of, of titles that he wins, and you get to twenty, you know, you get to twenty sixteen, you get to world number one, you get to twenty seventeen because he won a title in twenty seventeen, right? It's he not won Dubai. He won Dubai, and then that was it. Like that was <laughs> it. And and then randomly you'll have the one like randomly in 2019, and I mean that 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 for me was just such a surreal experience watching him win that title because it was like what <laughs> what in the world where did this come mm-hmm. from, and um, yeah. and yeah I mean that that for me always sticks out and then yeah. um yeah like that that for me and I think I always like to be like kind of like a little bit different with my kind of like Andy Murray memories um I'll also pick like. One of his losses, I always pick like his loss against Djokovic at 2012 uh, Australian Open semi final. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, like 2012. 2012 in the semi final, yeah, yeah, yeah. five yeah. setter. Like, should have that. won this one. I think he was up 5 2 in the, in the fifth, right? Yeah, he, he was. Or he came he, back from 5 2 down. Uh, I, don't, I think he five had all. Yeah, he had two break points at 5 all. Yeah, didn't need that game and he got broken. That's Obviously. it. That's it. So it was five all. He had great points. Yeah, if he should have won that. Him, should have won that been. match, and I think he would have uh, beaten Rafa in the final, and he would have gotten that uh, elusive Australian Open title. That's a huge call. That is a huge call right there from Basin. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I'd love, I'd love to, I, I'd have loved to say to say that, but. That I mean, that for me, that match, like that match for me, that was obviously like before he'd won a Grand Slam. Like that was like, you know, before he'd even won like the Olympic gold or anything like that. And like, I always say that that is a match for me that was like, that, like that I fully, you know, because he'd reached, he'd reached finals before. But like that was a match for me that I was like, all oh, right, yeah, he is going to do this. Like he will do this at some point very, very soon. Like, because like at no point had he like, you know, he, he should have won the match. Absolutely. He was li- literally a handful of points away of, of winning a five-set match against Novak Djokovic on, like, Novak Djokovic's, like, court, really. Yeah, and, and like, that was I, Pete Djokovic as well. Yeah, it was Pete Djokovic as well. And Djokovic was absolutely amazing that match. And, like, Andy still, like, absolutely took it to him. So I always think that that, for me, bizarrely, is one of my favourite memories of Andy Murray mm-hmm. was him losing that match and then, you know, going on to have the year that he did, winning the reaching the Wimbledon final and, um, you know, uh, winning the gold and then winning the US Open, but I think it all started at that match uh, at the Australian Open. So I, I, I would say that as well. I would say that as well. And then obviously, all of his Grand Slam titles and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, one, one of my favorite Andy memories, and it's, it's not really, it's not like related to a tennis match that he played in, mm. but it was after um, the Davis Cup in Glasgow, and I, th- I want to say it was the quarterfinals against United States in twenty. 20- 15 and they were all getting interviewed afterwards and Andy outed Domingo on oh, yes, yeah, I remember hilarious <laughs> I mean, not for English but... yeah it's the way he's like Dom Dom, Dom. yeah don't you have a girlfriend kept going at him yeah yeah, yeah. and it was it was Andy's face when Dom was like 
I've actually got a girlfriend back home and you just really <laughs> dropped me in it. Like uh, Andy had tears. That's Andy, one of my favourite moments because it just, I think it, it kind of like just sums up like his personality as well, yeah. like off mm-hmm. court and like why everyone loves him. Do you yeah. happen to know if England and his girlfriend are still together? <laughs> I don't think they are. No, actually, to be honest. Yeah, I, wish I, I hope they're still together. Yeah. <laughs> well, England retired now, hasn't he? So maybe, I don't know. Yeah, just recently, so... Yeah. God bless him. He's got to patch up his uh, his marriage, uh, his relationship. <laughs> um, I love how that happened like ten years ago, and he'd still be doing that. Um, but um, but yeah, no. I mean, we could spend hours just chilling here, just uh, chatting, uh, chatting about the best memories of uh, of Andy. But um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, Bassie. Like, yeah, that was nice uh, chatting to you, and uh, and I hope your man. Uh, yeah uh enjoys uh playing tennis and uh wins a few more titles uh as big not as at the expense of roger or like like <laughs> okay. yeah, just wimbledon uh, my, my goal is one more uh masters 1000 title uh yeah. i'll let you pick uh which one of the nine but uh yeah i think he, i think that's the ceiling I, I would not say run some title i'm sorry to break it to you Nerd. but uh yeah i think he can win a masters 1000 yeah he can do it We'll take that. We'll take that. And we'll run with I that. I mean, I'll take, I'll take any one of them, to be honest. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take literally anything. Uh, <laughs> probably uh, probably Paris, I would say. Paris. Okay. Paris. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, yeah we'll take Paris. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we'll take Paris. We'll take Paris. So what we're hearing, what you just heard there, folks, is that um, Basim just said that Andy is winning Paris later this yes. year. So we'll, uh, <laughs> not necessarily this year, but yeah. He's well, winning no, without, a doubt, without a doubt this year happening this year later on this year <laughs> so, uh, so just said right there folks you all heard it um but no thank you thank you Basin, for for coming on thank you guys thank you you guys spending, spending an hour with us and uh yeah like uh, peter do you want to see us are you doing the outro we haven't planned who's doing the outro. go ahead yet. and do the actress guys oh, fantastic fantastic um yes so yeah thank you all very much uh for listening to yet another episode of murray meetings um I've been Scott, he's been Peter, she's been Claire, and that right there has been our very special guest, Bastian Fashion. Thank you very much, and uh, tune in again, tune in again. We're, we're coming back next week, probably, with another episode. We haven't planned, but yeah, we'll see you. Bye! Bye, guys. Thanks, Bye. Bastian. Thank you, guys. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you've been listening to the Murray Musings podcast. <laughs>